Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. All right. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Isaac's Autism Wild podcast. I'm so excited because my friend Amanda is here with me. And it's been a while since we've done a podcast. Well, certainly since COVID because things have been crazy and, um, you know, quarantine and staying safe was the number one priority. So I'm super excited. We actually are see if you're hearing this audio recording and you think, wow, that's so crystal clear. It's because we are vaccinated people and we're doing it in person because we can. Um, so our topic today, which is kind of well timed, I think with this, because we were talking a little bit about COVID vaccines and whatnot before we hit the record button, but we wanted to do a podcast because we have kids on the autism spectrum. And of course, a lot of you that are listening probably have kids that have other diagnoses as well. And we have to get very creative as parents in terms of how we do things. And you and I have talked many, many a times about how we have to get creative, even administering medications. And then that segues into the next thing I want to talk about too, which is um, getting creative, even when you're doing other medical um, labs and even vaccines, because we kind of were talking about the COVID vaccine before we started. So let's reverse. And just for those, since it's been a while, and maybe people haven't heard your voice um, anytime recently, let's talk about your son, Trevin. I still use him in some of my trainings. I did, I did a training last week for AMR. And of course he's, he's, you know, I use the fire truck, um, Trevin, uh, video. And so it's just, I always like get sad when I tell people how old he is because, you know, I've known him, he and Isaac actually knew each other because they did. Um, it was a gymnastics. It was in a mobile bus. bus. Yeah, yeah. The gym bus. And so Trevin is one of those kids that's always like close to my heart because, I can see them together at that younger age. Now, Trevin was a little bit older than Isaac, but in my mind, I can still see them motoring around in that, in that, um, bus doing, you know, like fun stuff in there. So tell us about Trevin. So Trevin is 19. He is severely impacted by autism, uh, functionally nonverbal. He has plenty of language, but very little of it is communicative. Uh, he is a really active kid. He likes to snowboard and uh, tube behind the boat. We go kayaking and hiking and biking. And he spends most of the rest of his time on computers and particularly on YouTube, finding things like Elmo in uh, Russian or Japanese. <laughs> you know what? Isn't it funny when I listen to you describe Trevin? So, you know, my husband's son, Cooper, is he's 18. He just turned 18. And it's so funny because in some ways they are very similar because Cooper is a go-getter. We always tease that like when we look at discovery for employment for Cooper, because, you know, like, you know, John wants him to be able to try some employment because, you know, some assembly work sort of thing would be ideal for him because he loves doing repetition. But he, if the perfect job for him when we talk to his case managers and stuff, 
up is if there's any open openings on the Lewis and Clark expedition, like sign us up for that because he likes to be outside. He likes to just walk, but he doesn't like walking out and then coming back on the same route. It's gotta be a loop. Gotta be a loop because it's gotta be different. It's gotta be like new and different. And again, um, you know, he will just keep going and going and going. If we have to go out and back, the back is not that much fun because he's already seen it and he is just not that excited about going back the same way that he came. If it's a loop and we're back to where we started, it's like magic. Hey, guess what, buddy? We're back. And, and it's been great. It, and there's a little needle eye at the end and you walk back mostly in the same route. He still knows. Oh, they totally do. Yeah. Even though they don't have functional language to be able to say, hey, what's up here? This is a trick. Um, they know. And they are communicating it through their behavior that they're on to us. And yes. so, um, and Cooper does like, um, one of my other favorite um, memories with Trevin is he also watching him at a concert. Love watching him at a music concert. Kevin does love to dance. Oh, he does love to dance. And it's just, you know, watching him, how he enjoys music and how he dances. It's just like, I just love it. I could just watch it a bajillion times and just so much joy in, in that. But um, again, when you, and he does like computers and technology, which is nice. That's the one thing I'm so jealous when I listen to you describe Trevin, because Cooper, of course, is not interested in TV, iPads, movies, anything. And so we are constantly looking for things to keep him busy. Um, with activities. Because and, sometimes you need to take a shower and make dinner. Oh, yes. Right. That's just it. And he, yeah, left to his own devices. He will um, find things to get into. And it's <laughs> not always awesome. Not always awesome. Um, but one of the challenges with Trevin is he is not a huge fan of medical interventions. Correct. He is very orally defensive. And thankfully, he's in general a very healthy child. But the few times we've had to give him antibiotics or you can tell he's got a headache or right now it's allergies are making him miserable. We've had to come up with ways to get those doses into him without him rejecting whatever we're we're trying to do. So pills themselves um, have always been pretty much a no go. He hasn't done liquid meds since he was tiny and chewables maybe once or twice he was when he was five or six that we were able to do that like a chewable Tylenol but so now he's a you know he's 19 so he's five foot five and 120 pounds and and um we need adult doses so Getting ibuprofen, for instance, into him involves a pill crusher and then a mortar and pestle because the finer you make it, the better. Oh, yes, because it yeah, can't detect a lump. Correct. Yeah. And mo- our best successes have been with very sweet things. Okay. That sweet flavor seems to cover up better than I was going to ask that things. question because like salt or savory, you know, or savory or sweet, like what are we doing? You and know, he's a sweets kid. Okay. So that does make a difference. Um He's very limited in what he will eat. So that also um, limits our options. But we have pretty good success putting it in a vanilla steamer, which is just a latte with no coffee. Oh, nice. Um, In a frappuccino. And sometimes in a small candy bar, such as a Snickers or an Almond Joy or a Twix, but you have to shave that in half and gut out some of the filling and then mix it with the pill and then put it back together. Oh, and peanut butter cups work well for this too. Oh my goodness. Um, 
and then put it back together and hopefully get the whole thing in his mouth at one time. Because, because that's the other thing is, is you actually have to watch. Ideally, you want it to be something where it's like a one bite thing, because if yes. all of a sudden the flavor is not accurate, are they going to finish the candy bar? No, chances are. They no, not. they're going to look at you funny and then they're going to pull it apart and see what this powdery stuff is. And yes. you're busted. Yeah. Also, we try never to use the same thing twice in a row, particularly, but maybe, you know, four or five diff- rotations so yes. that. Uh, we're always mixing it up because otherwise he's going to stop drinking the smoothies or the steamers. Yes. 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 Right. A, a smoothie has worked in the past as well. Although right now he's just simply not drinking smoothies. Mm-hmm. So we haven't used those in a while. Um, ice cream ice because the cold and the sweet are a good mask, but you have to mix it up and then put it back in the freezer. Oh, to get it to firm to up. Yeah. Now, does that, the consistency, because you know, once you melt ice cream to a certain point and then you put it back in and like firm it up, the, it does kind of change the the fluffiness factor. I don't know if that's a technical term for ice cream, but you know what I'm saying? It becomes yeah. a little bit more dense, texture. you know? Yeah. He doesn't mind that. Okay. Believe it or not, sherbet actually works uh, quite well in particular. Um, maybe it's a little sweeter, a little, the milk might re- I don't know. Sure. Sherbet works well. Um, for some kids, pudding or applesauce, but Trevin won't eat either of those yeah. things. And I tend to think applesauce doesn't mask probably as well. I don't think so either, actually. If you really think about apples, like, I mean, they're just not well, that. And too, we have the problem in our family just with my neurotypical kids. None of my kids love anything that's flavored grape because when you think about children's medication, yeah, exactly. They always use grape flavoring. And so my kids, oh, it's so funny because I love Concord grape flavor. Love it. I love like the purple crush. I love um, grape jelly, all of those things. And my kids, like when they smell it or just see it, they're like, Ugh. they are just like cough medicine. It's medicine it's medicine and i'm like isn't it funny how like my kids are tainted because so often for our little guys when we have to give them antibiotics or um you know like fever reducing medications of course they do cherry and grape are the two flavors that they're always using to mess but that's the thing clearly apple is not a candidate because when was the last time you found you know like children's time all this flavored apple like never never ever so Mm. you're right i think it probably Grape and cherry probably have whatever, you know, the flavors are probably do tend to mask those flavors. Yeah. 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 So one, we did have some minor success a few years ago with starting to get him to take ibuprofen pills on the, as whole pills by using a large marshmallow and opening it up and stuffing it inside. Um, and then giving him another marshmallow ahead of time. So we are theory and we are not medical professionals. Just yeah, these are just parents that <laughs> just are trying to disclaimer. figure out how to navigate the world of administering meds to our kids with special needs. Yeah, we totally, we hear you there. Uh, our theory is that both the sugar and then the gelatin sort of coat his mouth and throat and then make it easier to swallow uh, as opposed to ending up chewing up the pill. Yeah. Uh, that went really well for a little while until it didn't. Oh, and yes. that's probably just Trevin. He's, yeah. a, he's very contrary. He can, he can um, 
<laughs> it's a challenge. So I, that's Super something I would still encourage parents to try. Yeah. Well, and that's actually really interesting because when I think about having to like try and give my dog medicine, right? Yes. What I do is I have three pieces of hot dog, right? The pill is actually in the middle one. So I give them the one to lube it, right? So they're all excited about the hot dog. Then I give them the one that has the pill in it and then they start chewing it and they're like, wait a minute. But then I offer them the new hot dog that they're super excited about. And so then they like swallow real quick to get the next hot dog, right? Yes. And then they're just, you know, and then it's like, cause they were kind of like that second one. You can see them like, wait a minute. And then it's like, next thing I know, I'm handing them a new hot dog. Here you go, buddy. Down the hatch. Because then they swallow quickly to get the new hot dog. So I wonder whether or not, you know, for... Um, there's something to it of that. Um, although with this, we were trying, we weren't trying to hide it from him. We wanted him to realize he was taking these little pills as a, you know, it's like, you are, you're learning to do this, but here's how you, um, some assistance, right. And an accommodation to, to help with this. Yeah. That didn't go so far. They do make a straw. It turns out Mm -hmm. a pill taking straw, which we just got and have not yet tried that you put the medication on uh, a list, kind of a little shelf on top of the straw or down in it, but on top. And then you suck liquid through it. And, and my concern is going to be with the wrong kind of pill. He's going to end up in (laughs) but with a big enough pill it's probably fine um i'm going to try that first with a vitamin d capsule Mm. because they don't really have a they're they're slick yeah i figured that might go down easier and that's a good one we have struggled for a while because caleb takes medications and um so he takes adhd meds and he has struggled um and you can't when they're in those gel caps you cannot open them up and yeah, you can't crush them because it's like um, time released. And so it has to stay in that, you know, that gelatin tablet and, you know, it of course, you know, metabolizes as you know, it's supposed to. And so that's been one of those challenges where we had to figure out how do we get this in his body where we can't crush it up or open it or put the powder in something. And that has been a struggle because, you know, Caleb has, is, is high functioning and very verbal and he will tell you exactly what he thinks about that whole attempt to give him pills. And it's funny because for him, because he has language, he'll tell me that um, he doesn't like the coating on them. He doesn't like to swallow plastic is what he says. It's plastic and I don't want to swallow the plastic. And I kind of get what he's talking about. That gelatin that Mm -hmm. it is like you're swallowing like a, a plastic piece of like toy for, you know, whatever. But I switched him over to, um, like last summer we switched over to, um, a different ADHD med that actually is more of a powder. It's like a powder coat. It's all condensed in it. So you can't, you still can't crush it up, but it doesn't have that plastic coating. It was the um, generic Adderall. And, um, just the difference between the coating on it for him made a big difference because he says, Oh, okay. I'll take that one. I'll try and swallow it because he's not feeling like he's swallowing a piece of plastic. Um, and again, I think it's just in his head, but, um, that doesn't mean it's not real. It's not real. That's right. just it. But that's how he equates it. It's like, um, cause equivalent size, they're about the same size really, but it's like the powder, it's like a powder Tylenol versus the gel cap Tylenol. Like mm-hmm. if I could get him to do the more powder coated one, then I could get him to do like a gel cap, if you will. But that's the hard thing about some of these meds is that you can't crush them up, modify them anyway. You have to figure out how to get it in their body. And some of them that you can crush are 
so incredibly bitter. I, I I wish I remember exactly what it was called. I have a note on it at home. I think it's clindamycin, but I'm not positive. Uh, when Kevin had a thumb infection. Oh, let's talk about that because there's so yeah. much goodness about that story. I mean, it was horrible, but there's so many good things to learn from that. Um, and so let's talk, if you don't mind sharing no, the story. Fine. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Trevin had a, a thumb problem. He had an infected thumb that we thought was just bruised, that he had smashed it in something or on something, which would not be uncommon for him. And then the next day, it wasn't bruised anymore. It was white. And we realized, no, oh, that's infected. And we took him to urgent care. And they sent us to the emergency department. And we went to Sacred Heart um, Children's Emergency Department. And they were great at getting us right in. The doctor assessed him right away. Thankfully, it wasn't busy. Uh, she was terrific. The staff were good, but they were too cautious. They wanted to talk about all the options and amongst themselves. And meanwhile, Trevin is starting to amp up and up and then therefore I'm amping up and telling them time is of the essence. Yeah. We're running, we're running out of our time. Not going to stay in here very much longer. And he was 17 at the time. I think too large for us to, uh, you know, physically keep him anywhere if he didn't want to be there. I told them, I said, you're probably going to have to soft restrain him and that is just fine. But whatever you're going to do, please get it done. Yes, you guys need to figure out what to do quickly. Yes. And and they were dithering about with uh, ketamine is his friend. We've discovered that at his sedation dentistry appointments. Ketamine is the way to go for him. And they were insisting that first they had to sanitize the the arm area. And aren't you going to give him antibiotics anyway? Like, yeah, can you exactly. just skip that piece? Because he just, oh, the alcohol swab well, doesn't hurt, but no. it triggers him psychologically. That, well, because oh, think this about is the, on, yes, exactly. It's all of the association, right? And you think yes. about it, you wipe it on and then it gets kind of cold because it's alcohol, right? So yeah. then it's that has, it's a different feel than just water going on your arm, right? Yes. It has that alcohol feel where then it's like you wipe it on, it feels wet, but then it's like that alcohol, like. There's nothing positive about no. that in the sensory experience. Nothing. No. So they finally uh, get the ketamine in him and yes, get him restrained. And the doctor has to take pliers and twist off his thumbnail. Oh God, even that part of this, I forgot that part of the story. Sorry about oh, that. No. I hope nobody was eating uh, there. Right? Oh yeah. And then they squeeze out a tablespoon of pus, which was also pretty disgusting. Yes. Um, which we still never, did you guys figure out how he got the infection? I'm pretty sure it's from chewing on his cuticles. Because oh, your mouth is full of yeah, things bacteria. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so if you're listening to this and you um, understand that, Ashlyn, Carla, <laughs> but you are still chewing on your cuticles because you have a sensory thing about it, please, please go find some jewelry. Yes. You can find all kinds of them online. Yes. Find some, some something else to chew on that isn't your body. Yes. Uh, Note to self-parents, yeah, yes, because yes. you don't yeah. want to have to have the fingernail pulled off. Right. And this is not necessarily for people um, with special needs. Yes. I and mean, lots of neurotypical people that have a thing about chewing on their fingers. Yes. Well, think about staff, too, and all the services that staff oh. um, live on and yes. thrive on. And so when you think about that, yeah, when I see, you know, finger like fingernail biters, like even, you know, my ex-husband's son, Jared, Jared, if you're listening, um, he was always a, um, a, a fingernail biter. And so that's 
the thing is that, you know, it's really hard to break, but it's so really actually important for multiple reasons because staff lives on all sorts of services and you just have, you know, it's just giving it an entrance point and then we have pure ickiness. Yes. Yes. So if it helps you to think of twisting your fingernail off with pliers and squeezing out a teaspoon of pus to help you break that habit, you're welcome. Yes. Um, So then they bandaged up his thumb and it took him about five or 10 minutes to do that. And it took him 15 seconds to rip that off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But thankfully, he is fairly, um, he's a sensory seeker. So he is not overly sensitive to those kinds of uh, pain. Yeah. His pain pain receptors are are dulled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really bother him, honestly, that much after that. But the whole experience, I'm concerned the next time we try to take him back to the hospital. He'll know, he'll remember it. Yes. And that's going to be problematic. So. I, um, you and I talked about, um, we would like to do an autism and wild training with the child life specialists at the hospital yeah. and with the Why time is of the essence. You have yes. a small window of time, time and listen to the parents. parents. Yes. Because that was the other thing too, is you were telling them, Hey, listen, I know my child, he is not going to tolerate this. And same thing. We actually ended up going to Sacred Heart Children's Hospital shortly after your Trevin story, which scared the bejesus out of me because Caleb had an ATV accident <laughs> and like his whole hand was right. like opened up. So, you know, I'm in there and my um, now husband, of course, wasn't with us because he just sent us ahead because, you know, he had to load up all the other kids and he just sent us to the hospital. Um, But when we got there, I was like very being very like what you had said, all your feedback was, is that, you know, listen, he's upset. Time is of the essence. Like, come up with a plan. Like, I need everybody that needs to come and look at this to come look at it at one time. Look at it. Then you have a window of time where you guys can go in the other room, figure out the best way to deal with this. But just understand, like, you need to do this all at one time and as efficiently as possible. Because, you know, the more we string this out, the more, of course, you know, now the pain, he is the opposite of Trevin. So he is very hypersensitive. So once those pain, you know, like, because adrenaline was going and as you know, adrenaline is like what's protecting you from the pain. But once the adrenaline starts to go away, guess what? The pain sets in and now we're going to have a big problem. So I was like, everybody get all the people gathered around outside that need to look at, like, I can't have one person coming in, then the next person coming in, then the next, cause we have to unwrap it and they have to look at it. And it's just this whole traumatic, you know, cause his hand is literally everything is laying out there. So can we just get everybody in here at one time, look at it, come with the plan and then just do it, take pictures, whatever we have to do. And I will tell you that, um, you know, just telling them like, you know, Hey, this is what I want. And I was just very firm and it was like not up for negotiation and it was better. So I, I feel like mm-hmm. some are probably good. And then some probably just need some more. Cause again, we only had one child life specialist there. And so you have to wonder, it's like, you know, she was actually pretty good. Or maybe I was just like, no nonsense. And she was afraid. Very possible. Very <laughs> possible. possible. You know what I mean? Because and they like, want to be good. They, well, they want, want to be good to help. Yes, they yes. really do. And they see, you know, oh, yeah, we understand autism. And it's that's the thing. It's like, but make no mistake, just because Caleb talks doesn't mean he can't be any less of a shit when he is done. Right? If I'm being honest. Yeah. The, the, um, I don't want to use the word difficult, but a challenge. They're, yeah. They're, uh, yeah. Uh, they think they understand it. And within certain parameters, they do. But yes, but you haven't seen all versions of autism. Oh, yes. So please, yes. please listen to the parents. Yes. 
who have seen this particular version every day. Yes. Yes. But what makes the story, the reason why we're talking about it today, was they prescribed meds. I think it was clindamycin. Yes. So that was... So we tried to get this in. We made sure it could be... uh, powdered that you could crush it that was that was fine but what they they didn't know and i i presumed that they would because for some reason i just thought the experts would know this is this incredibly bitter horribly horribly bitter and trevin would not take this and nothing would convince him to um, consume this in any way shape or form and finally my husband tasted it and he's like oh wow, this is horrible. And that was in a steamer or a candy bar or something. I can't remember. Like, no wonder he won't take this. Yeah. And so by that time, um, this is the next day, the next morning. So not quite 24 hours. And he's starting to spike a fever. Yeah. And I was terrified that he, this infection is starting to course through his body. Because clearly it was severe. Yeah. yeah, it was severe. This wasn't a little like, you know, it, it, it wasn't, wasn't a hangnail. Some, correct. It yeah. wasn't something you put, you know, antibiotic. A little neosporin. Yeah, yeah, a little neosporin. Fix it. It and it took me an entire day the next day. And I finally had to have an absolute crying meltdown in the lobby of our doctor's office <laughs> to get them to listen to me that I needed a different antibiotic that would replace this one. Yes. Countless phone calls and and messages and, oh, we'll have somebody get back to you. And, oh, this is the nurse. And, oh, I'll go talk to the doctor and we'll get back to you. It just wasn't happening. Yeah. And that's a problem, too. Yes. So, one, if parents know ahead of time uh, that that antibiotic is not Well, and you wouldn't think to ask those things because you know hey i have a child that doesn't take pills and i so i need one that can be crushed up but one that i can mask in something yes and so then that would you know so because if you don't know to ask or those things to be thinking about so you did find an alternative we did and bactrim is what it was and i'm very familiar with this the pills are pretty large so that's that's the one downside you've got a lot of pill to crush and put into them Yeah. yeah but uh from my own previous experiences with bladder infections, a bathroom worked well for me. Um, it seems to work well for Trevin. We, the, we had another, oh, when he had his last uh, dentistry, perhaps. Yeah, another point yes. where he mm-hmm. had to take antibiotics. And we specifically requested Bactrim because we knew it worked for him. And the doctor's like, well, I usually give amoxicillin for this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. We know this works. Exactly. It, unless it doesn't work for this particular thing. And that's the question because some antibiotics right. are deri- are derived for certain types of infections. And so Correct. they're, you know, like these ones are treated for X, Y, and Z. And so other ones, but that's the thing is mo- most of the time you have some broad spectrum coverage um, for different types of infections. So and I think Bactrim is pretty broad spectrum. I, now that you say that, I'm trying to remember if it's a bladder infection or sinuses that I used to take it for. Yeah. So don't quote me on that. Ask yeah. the doctor. But <laughs> yeah. the point being that uh, it did work. And so the doctor listened. I let, I like our doctor a lot. Um, she said, oh, well, you know, this one works for him. It will work in this case for what we're prescribing it for. Let's go with that. Yeah. And so now you actually have kind of your go-to, like I like no to this one, yes to this one, assuming that it's going to take care and treat the type of infection that it's derived for. But exactly. Um, now we have talked actually several times too about like the dentist. So you guys use a sleep dentistry, which is amazing for you. You have yes. a kiddo that need, that is 
has, you know, oral challenges that just is not going to tolerate a traditional dentist point. We use sleep dentistry, love them, can't speak more, you know, highly enough. It's a great option for those that need dental work, just a regular cleaning even. Um, and we talked about, you know, oh, wouldn't it be great if the, you know, like the sleep dentistry clinics could actually provide some extra supports. Cause if they're knocked out, um, boy, wouldn't it be great if we could do some other stuff while they're knocked out. And so we actually, you've learned some information about this that we just thought we would tag onto this podcast for those that are interested. Um, because we were saying, wouldn't it be great if you could do vaccines? Exactly. And then I talked to the people up there and they actually were very helpful and, um, educated me on why that's not possible is that when somebody has sit, um, is fully sedated, that sometimes they can develop a fever. And if that happens, it can be a complication of anesthesia. And if that happens, then uh, they need to go generally to the hospital. And they need to know that that's from the anesthesia and not just a reaction to a vaccine, not just an immune response. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Oh, totally. But on the other hand, if you have a kiddo that needs blood work, we found out. They will be happy to do blood draws as long as you get your doctor to send over the proper paperwork. And they also have had in the past, they told me, um, eye exams done while they are under sedation. And that goes, I'm sure, through the, the ophthalmologist or, you know, whoever your eye specialist is, but uh, but they are happy to accommodate that. That is incredible. Now it just makes you start to think like, hmm, what else could we like piggyback on that? But the vaccine one actually does answer like, cause you know, we thought how great would it be for you to be able to get some of those done? So it makes total sense now that we have an answer to that. But, um, you know, obviously vaccines, blood work, those are all the challenges that we have. And so while we've gotten creative and can come up with some strategies to offer you when it comes to getting pills down, um, vaccine, and shots and those types of things. But hopefully, uh, we were talking about this a little bit as well, is that um, some things have come out of the pandemic. And one of those things that we hope will stick around are mobile vaccination options. So for people who have limited mobility options uh, or um, anxiety about going to a doctor's office for this sort of thing, we're hoping, you know, whether they be young or old, that that is something that will stick around. Well, and it makes sense because if a person has anxiety and you can bring the person that's going to administer the vaccine to their home where they're more comfortable so that we can have some of the things that they need, um, you know, their the usual environment, you know, uh, interests that they like that they can maybe get engaged in so that maybe the vaccine um, or the shot or the blood, even though if blood draws, if you could come to the home to do a blood draw, right. wouldn't that be amazing? All of a sudden you're eliminating so many sensory elements and unpredictability because they're at home. And sure, you know, they might become a little skeptical, but I just feel like I could do a lot more um, preparation in my home, on my home turf, if you will. And make their favorite food. Yeah, so that you can then transition to the next thing. Like, hey, buddy, here's the most favorite thing in the whole world that is here. Or like your smoothie or whatever, whatever. And you have it right there. Um, So much better than having to put them in a car and then they're angry. Honestly, not to compare our children to dogs, but but it is very simple. Is to take your fur baby to the vet and they are shaking the second you pull up because they know what those smells are going to be and what's you know it's, it's glary lights and hard surfaces very similar oh very similar yeah 
Well, I appreciate anything else that we've forgotten because we, I wanted to, this is a podcast topic because again, there are so many people out there that have trouble administering medications. Again, some people, you know, there are, unfortunately, when you get to a certain age and certain types of medications, they just don't offer them in liquid form. Oh, gummies. Gummies. Everything oh, in gummy. You're so true. I really feel like there could be a market out there for the gummies. Yes. Oh, you're right. Because you know what? Like we can get a lot in the body through a gummy. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be honest with you. It's like, I wish that they offered some of my medications in a gummy. I do put them gummies in I know, right? That would be amazing. Don't tell me it's not possible. So yeah. So there you go from Amanda and Holly. There's a great opportunity out there to make a lot of prescriptions in a gummy format. I really honestly think that that would be like clutch because you're right. Liquids are not always awesome, but you also get to a point where you're at a certain age where, I mean, there are still times with Caleb that I'm like, is there any chance that this particular prescription is still available in like a liquid form that um, maybe we just have to do like twice as much because obviously he's now getting to adult weight, but, um, sometimes yes, sometimes no, but you know, again, we're kind of getting to that threshold where it's just like, no, it's, you know, X, Y, and Z. I really wish some of his ADHD med options were in a different format because it's like, oh, yes, or a fast acting tab or yeah. one of those little micro needle patch. patches oh, gosh. or like a nicotine patch. Yes. Oh, that would be so great. There's got to be better ways of being able to navigate some of these meds that we should talk to WSE pharmacy school. Oh, we should. Oh man. We have solved so many of the world's problems just getting together. Right. You know, sometimes there's the beverages involved. Sometimes we're just right now. Right right now. Not, surprisingly. We and we are still coming up with some fantastic <laughs> ideas. So anyway, well, I thank you for coming and sharing this information. And mm-hmm. I think we covered pretty much everything and a few other extra things we hadn't thought of until we started chatting before we hit the record button. So I thank you for joining me. And I hope that you find some of this information valuable in this episode of Isaac's Autism Wild. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.